Hi, I'm Mandy Jack and this is my colleague. Hi, I'm Alex Bailey. And we're part of a team of academic developers at Swansea University who provide support and promote good learning and teaching practices and experiences. Welcome to A Pinch of Salt, Swansea University's learning and teaching podcast. If it has anything to do with learning and teaching in higher education, let's make sure everybody knows about it. In today's episode, we have with us Essek Rosser and Gwerden Davis, who are here to talk to us about how important societies and services are to the students' university experience. Yeah, hi, my name's Essek and I'm the current Societies and Services Officer at the Students' Union and I'm the incoming president for the next academic year. Uh, Shumai, I'm Gwerden Davis, I'm the current Welsh Affairs Officer at the Students' Union and I will be moving into the Societies and Services role for the next academic year. Well, that sounds really exciting, and it sounds like you've got a lot of work to do. Um, but what does a Societies and Services Officer do? That'd be a good place to start, I think. Um, so it's a, it's a bit of a broad role. Um, basically, you oversee the coordination and the operation of over 150 societies that we have here at Swansea. So we separate the societies from the sports clubs, so the sports clubs are looked after by the sports officer. Um, the Societies and Services Officer role is they're basically um, in the background, ready to support societies, committees and students when they wanna get involved in their interests. So as I said, we obviously have over 150 societies. They range from academic societies to cultural societies. Um, we even have a K-pop society, we have animal therapy, we have everything you can think of and students can start their own as well. Um, the Society and Services Officer role also looks after the union services. So any of our commercial services that we have on either campuses, so our bar, um, our nightclub, things like that, making sure that the students sort of see what they want to see on campus um, and that voices are taken into consideration when we're running our services. Fantastic. And 150 societies now, that's gone up massively from when I graduated Swansea University in 2014. I think we were, were just over 100 at that point. So uh, it's, it's come on a long way in the past, uh, past decade. Um, so you both went through a process of campaigning for and being elected into the Societies and Services Officer role. Um, I wanted to ask you, what made you decide to run and how did you find the campaigning process during lockdown? Uh, Gwen, do you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, definitely. So I had a year in the NSU already before deciding to run for the Societies and Services role. So I sort of learned more about it as, well, as I was in posts as well as affairs officer and it really did interest me to support so many people in societies because I myself go through and going through university most of my experience was shaped around my experience in a society so I was a vice president and president of the Royal Society in my time and without that society I don't think I would have had an identity at Swansea Uni and that really did drive me on to to complete all my studies um, so I think that's the reason why I wanted to go for the role is to be able to support people like me two or three years ago, um, trying to organise stuff as a, as a committee, trying to get things done um, to support your peers. And so as a Society and Services Officer, I think it's a good opportunity to give back. Um, I ran in a by-election over the summer, so it was running during COVID, so it was quite interesting. It sort of sprung on me. Um, I was always involved in the Student Union as a student. Um, I was really involved with working with the part-time officers. Um, I knew some of them personally, so sort of understood the way the union worked and then knew some of the full-time officers before I ran. Um, but yeah, like Gwen, I was in lots of societies as a student. So I was in the Welsh Society as well. 
um, and I was also in the Geography Society because that was a subject I studied um, and sort of hopped around different societies based on what my, my interests were that term really. So I was one of those people that sort of hopped around and, and didn't really stick to one thing. Um, but I really enjoyed all my experiences in societies, as Gwen said, like it really shaped my student experience. And sort of when this role came up then, um, the middle of last summer, I was so keen to get involved because I sort of always felt like I'd missed out not running initially. Um, so when sort of the by-election came around, I was like, this is, this is the role for me. Um, and then obviously this year, seeing the, the, the way the role works um, and what kind of things we could achieve for societies, I was really keen to go for the president role then so I could have a bit more say and make sure that the society's voices are heard at a university level because I'll get to meet a lot more university staff and sort of have a bit more influence. So that's kind of why I moved role as well. But it's, it's all kind of based around the societies. Obviously, we represent all students, but there's four or 5,000 students that are members. So it's really wow. important that their, their voices are heard just as much as sports clubs are. So yeah. That's fantastic. And listening to you now, I feel like as a student, I did it all wrong. You hopped around different societies. I've, I was one of those people that just picked one or two and, and, and stuck with it. But uh, well, yeah, if I could have a mulligan, if I could go back and do it again, I think I, think I might do that. Um, obviously, you campaigned for your roles during lockdown. And um, well, before the pandemic, we were so used to kind of seeing um, officers campaigning on the mall, banners flying from all of the, uh, the fire escapes and things like that. People being really, really active and outside. Obviously, people weren't on the campuses. How did you find that campaigning in a, in a lockdown context? It was very interesting because obviously we had the opportunity to do it um, obviously in lockdown for the first round of elections and for the elections, the one that's just passed, the site of services, it was in person. So it was interesting to see the different dynamics that both provided. The, the first election process for the affairs officer that, that I managed, um, managed to win, it was very interesting. You were, I felt like, am I doing everything right here? I was just in my bedroom all day for about three or four days, just typing away, making social media posts, trying to follow people, trying to get my message out there. Um, it's so much different. You know, you can't, you can't exactly approach people. It's hard to get people's attention when you're, when you're online and on social media. But I think, I think I really did maybe appreciate how much sleep maybe I got in, in, in doing it at home in comparison to doing it here on campus in which I was going all day, all night, trying to get my message out there. I think it's a lot more competitive doing it in person. And online, yeah, I think it was a lot, lot quieter, um, a, lot, a lot less stress, I think, but definitely worth doing it. It was a great experience. And yeah, fortunately, it was all worth it in the end to, to get into the role. I think that first election person maybe did give me an advantage coming into the second one, knowing you know, I'd already experienced it. One thing during my first campaign period, I I wasn't in into TikTok or anything like that. I didn't I didn't have it downloaded on my phone, but all the other candidates were posting all their fancy TikToks. So I thought, well, I have to get involved in this, and that's something I did more in my um, in my second round of elections because I saw how much it worked for other people um, last year. So I was able to take that on then and introduce it myself. So yeah, there were a lot of lessons learned from doing it online and being able to provide an alternative to some people that wouldn't be on campus um, during the election process this year. It was nice to be able to provide the same online then as well. Brilliant. I like, I like that. And I like the fact that, yes, it was a, an, an horrendous time that we had over that lockdown period. But I think we've all learned a lot going through that. And it's great that we can use those skills. It wasn't something that 
Well, hopefully we're not ditching it all, but we are learning a lot from that. So what makes a good societies and services officer then? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, I hope that I've been well regarded this year, we hope. Um, I think mainly it's a, being able to juggle about 100 things at once is a good skill, so multitasking. Um, as I said, obviously over 150 societies. The committees, sometimes lots of them, are, they're all amazing, but lots of them are very self-sufficient. And then others, obviously, especially post-COVID, have needed a bit more help getting a bit set back up. So lots of my work this year has been actually resetting up societies sort of went dormant over the pandemic. Um, so it's really just making sure you can support all those students at once. And it can get quite overwhelming, especially doing freshers and then in January as well. Um, post-exam time, beginning of term is sort of a, a bit of an overwhelming time. So just being able to manage your time, being able to sort of um, make sure you're giving equal attention while trying to give equal attention to all those who come to you for help. Um, and also just being personable. You want to be someone that students can approach. Um, you want to be someone they feel confident coming to you with any problems they have or any worries that they're having or when they really do need help because it's not just helping them set up the society and run their events. Sometimes they need extra support and just making sure that you're the kind of person that can be there to, to do that for them. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I hope that I've been able to do that this year. Um, and I'm, I think Guarin's got all the qualities I can, I can see that would make a great society services officer. So looking forward to pass on to him. Um, but yeah, I think overall, it's just, it's just being approachable, being approachable and being able to sort of multitask. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd reiterate what S said there really. And yeah, I'm looking forward to, for the next year. And I'm really fortunate to have S there still with me by my side to, to guide me um, through the year because she did a terrific job over the last year as a Sites and Services Officer. So yeah, if I have any issues, I know I've got S by my side and I'm looking forward to helping all, all, all the societies out like S did. Fantastic. Well, you, you both talked about being involved in societies yourself. Um, and I just want to know, kind of from your perspective, why should students get involved in societies? What are the benefits? Well, I joined the Welsh Society, you know, being from West Wales, coming to Swansea, it's not that far. A lot of people come a lot further, but it is still a bit daunting um, going to a new place where you don't know anyone. And the Welsh language was uh, close to my heart. And I felt if I met fellow, fellow students who spoke the Welsh language, I'd, I'd feel more, more homely. And that's exactly what I went and did. So as, as soon as I came to Swansea, when the Freshers events happened and Freshers Fair, I went to speak to the Welsh Society there. Um, and I went to the first social. And ever since then, I was so happy to have, to have found my feet there. You really do find your community. And even if, even if I you know, didn't enjoy the Welsh Society or whatever, I would have definitely moved on to something else. It's, it's important that you find your group of people um, because Obviously, when you move into university, you might have your, your flat or whatever, and you might not get along with all of them. And you might want to, you know, broaden your horizons with, with your friends. And that's, that's what societies are there for as well. It is for your interests, it is for your hobbies, but it's also a really good place to make friends for life, really. I'm, I'm still in contact with most of the people that, from when I was first year in the society to when I was fourth year in the society. I'm still friends with all of them and keep keeping close contact with them. So I think that's the, the main reason people should join societies is just, just keep on their hobbies and keep making friends. Oh, that sounds like a really good uh, recommendation. I was speaking to a student who, um, who was doing a master's, he was from Nigeria, and it was really interesting to listen to his take on it because that was the best thing he said about Swansea University was all that extracurricular stuff. 
that we put on that made him, as you just said, feel a sense of place. And he, felt, he said it actually felt like home. He felt like, yes, this is where I want to be. That was a, a really nice compliment for you guys and for Swansea University, really, to, to know that we can do that for our students. Yeah, I think it, it gives students a sense of place and a sense of belonging. Um, similar to Gwen, I'm a Welsh speaker, so I sort of moved to university and I was like, you know, I went through Welsh medium education, came to Swansea, wasn't sure where I'd find my feet and sort of fell into the Welsh society and sort of found people who had the same upbringing as me, same sort of interests, you know, wanted to go to all the Welsh events, stuff like that. So it sort of made me feel a bit more comfortable here. And then obviously I had some interests. I was interested in politics and dance and, you know, I obviously really loved my subject as well. So it was nice for me to sort of find people who had similar interests as me. And as Gwen said, like I'm in contact with the majority of them still. So you really do make friends for life. Um, and I think that if, if you're not going and getting involved in extracurricular activities, you're not getting involved in society, sports clubs, you don't have that sort of social, you know, social life to go back to outside of your studies. University can become quite daunting. Um, you know, if you're just focused on your studies, which lots of students are, um, it can feel a bit heavy and you do need that time to sort of breathe and just enjoy yourself. You know, socialising is actually a really important part of becoming an adult and, and sort of getting out there and be going into the wider world. So I think it's really important. I think it can be as important as your studies sometimes. Um, if, if you're not happy in university, you're not going to perform as well. So it's important to sort of find your feet and find your, find your group of people, find your interests. Um, and society's a really great way to do that. As I said, like I hopped through loads of societies. Um, so I was sort of able to find what interests me best. And that's sort of like, sort of shaped what I'm doing now and shaped what, what I'm interested in now. So it's my best recommendation to any student coming to university, especially at Swansea, is just join as much as you can, do as much as you can, and, and you'll, find, you'll find your feet. That's such a great response. And you mentioned the wider world there as well. I, I, I found in my experience that societies actually arm you with skills for later life as well. So I had uh, a, a real passion for content creation, but I didn't have any access to any of the gear that would allow me to, to get into that. And so I joined the Extreme Radio Society. You know, I didn't, I didn't have any money myself to buy myself the kit that would allow me to, to do anything like that. But um, being part of the society allowed me to get hands-on gear that I would not have been able to access myself. Um, and as a result, I was able to uh, be involved in the production of a radio show that later turned into production of a podcast. That was skills that I could put on a CV. That's what led me into uh, my future as well, you know, in some elements, you know, it gave, it gave me skills that, um, that I, I couldn't get on a maths degree, you know? Um, so, so yeah, um, it really, really helped give more strings to my bow, uh, employability wise. Um, so yeah, I found it, I found it really had an impact for me there as well. Yeah. And shape your career by the sound of it. Yeah. I, I didn't join any societies, but then I was a mature student. I was a mum. I had lots of other things I had to do. I had a part-time job. And so for me, there was no time, no more space. I guess my society was my young family. But so what would you recommend? Because I still think it's important and I, I do feel I missed out a little. And there are still a lot of hours in the day, maybe in between lectures that a student could come and join. How would you respond to, you know, have you got any sort of suggestions for students who do have a lot of other things that they have to do, not just study and play, if you like. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think 
there's like almost a misconception sometimes if you're involved in the society, you have to be involved in the society. You have to run for committee member like positions. You have to run for, you know, to be president of the society. You have to be a really active member. You have to attend everything. That's not always true. Obviously, it's great if you can do that and, you know, do as much as you can. But societies are usually pretty flexible. They have members who only pop in once a term. They have members who only stay on the Facebook group in the group chat. And something as simple as being in like a group chat with other people who have similar interests as you or on your course or anything like that just makes you feel like more part of a community. So even if you're not necessarily seeing these people, you're able to at least communicate with them. Um, and it can make you feel a little bit more at home and a little bit more like you're involved in social life at Swansea, even if you have other commitments. Because obviously we do have students from, you know, the non-traditional student background. They're not always 18 year olds coming here straight from, from sixth form. Um, so it's important that we sort of make sure the societies understand that. So we do, we do say that all societies have to, have to take any members um, that are interested. And we try and make sure that societies are able to keep their costs as low as possible as well. So most societies joining fees only a few pounds just to make sure that sort of all students are able to, to get involved. And there are more societies that track those kind of students as well. So usually academic societies attract um, students from all different kind of backgrounds because it's just getting to know people on your course, but it's, it's more structured. So you don't have to walk up to someone in a lecture and, and you know do those big scary things you can just be in a group chat with them or be in a facebook page or and then and then you've got people to meet up the coffee waves and then you've got all this behind you so i think just just understanding that you don't have to throw yourself entirely into a society you can just be involved from the sidelines and still get sort of some benefits from it so yeah but as you said like time between lectures and stuff like that um you can always, if you are part of the, the conversations on the WhatsApps or the, or the message groups, that is an opportunity you've got. You've made, you've made some friends, even if you've just gone to one session. And through that then you can ask, are you free during this time? It's, it's another portal of, of making friends to join you on those breaks that you have, you know, in the library or in, in the in JCs or whatever. Um, so I, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a good opportunity to, uh, to meet people and fill your time with other people instead of feeling alone and isolated. Yeah, because if, if you're in those groups online, then you know you've got a common interest. And we all do gravitate to people that we think we've got that common interest with. So that sounds like, ex that sounds like an excellent opportunity for anyone, really. I need to go back. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. There's so many great societies at Swansea University and uh, am I right in saying that you, you kind of categorise those societies? What, what sorts of societies are out there for uh, students to get involved in? So there's obviously hundreds, uh, there's loads of them. Um, they, we normally categorise them, I'm going to have to look down to read this out because there's a few. Um, obviously we've got faith and religious societies so those are really important for students coming here um, again to feel a sense of community because moving away from your family and and familiar territory can sort of be a bit scary. So knowing that they have a community of people with the same faith as them or religion as them on campus is, is really important. We have academic employability. So obviously that's all of the course societies, the societies interested in working within employability or careers. Um, cultural international, so those are different groups. So um, we have, I think they're fast, fast becoming our biggest demographic of society. Um, I think I've approved well, our, our executive committee approved four or five new cultural societies this year. So it's it's with our international student population growing, it's really important that those sort of communities are there and existing for students. So they feel comfortable and they feel welcomed here. 
Um, obviously hobbies and interests, that goes from anything from, you know, oh gosh, there's loads from like, you know, Hogwarts society to, to animal therapy, there's, there's hundreds of them. Um, politics, um, I think they're politics campaigns and liberations, that's another category. Um, so, you know, political, political groups, um, sort of students who want to get involved in, in maybe RSU campaigns usually join those groups. Um, performing arts, so, you know, dance and, you know, drama, everything like that. Um, and then charitable, so there are a few societies who strictly raise money for um, charities and other causes. So we have a Raising Giving Society that was actually just approved. So Swansea officially has, has a RAG group now. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a fair few categories. Um, obviously, there's some that are a little bit on the edge of, of two categories or maybe fall out of all, we, but we try and categorise all of them into those groups just to make sure that we sort of cover all our bases. So does the university have a good reputation for societies? I think we've got a fairly, fairly good reputation. I think, well, as F said, there's about 5,000, 6,000 students as part of society, so the number wouldn't be so big if we didn't have a good reputation for all the stuff that the societies do. Of course, it depends every year on the committee elected in the previous year, but of course, with an engaged society, you are going to vote, you are going to get your best committee in to make it another great year in the year following. So all of the AGMs, I think, have just been over the last month. So hopefully for the next academic year, the success of so many societies of the last year can carry on again. Um, they put on some great events um, across the year as well, the societies. And we're so lucky as an SU to have so many engaged students put, put on events to even wide communities past their society. Um, one example I'm thinking of right now is uh, that we did Langar on campus, thanks to the Punjabi Society. And that was a huge success. You had academic staff coming in, students from the lectures coming in and, um, and enjoying and partaking and you know, enjoying the food. Um, so it's, it's opportunities and to host such great things that the students can do, student-led activities. It's, it's just great to see, so yeah. You mentioned uh, academics getting involved uh, in, in those events and stuff, and actually that, that leads me quite nicely onto uh, another question I have for you. Uh, what opportunities are there for staff to get involved in societies? Um, so you don't actually have to be a student to get involved in societies. You can be something called an associate member. So essentially only student members have the right to you know, vote for new committees, vote for any sort of um, ultimate changes to the constitution of the society, just because we want them to be student-led and student-run. But anyone can join a society, so you can be an associate member. Associate membership's usually at the same price or maybe a pound more or something. It's not sort of vast difference. Um, but that's definitely a way for staff to get involved. Um, but, you know, as Gwen said, we had people from the senior leadership team come to some events. You know, some this is a really good opportunity for staff to see what students can offer. And I think also it's it's nice for staff to see maybe their own culture or their own sort of interest represented on campuses. So it's it's not just necessarily for students. I definitely encourage any staff members who are interested in any societies or are interested in any particular events to get in contact with the student union or the society itself and sort of see if they'd be interested in them attending. They often really like having staff there because it shows, I think they feel a bit more like, oh, look how successful our event has been, you know, staff want to come. Um, and, it's, and it's a nice opportunity for them to sort of network with staff as well because you never know, they could meet someone who could potentially be a reference for them or be, be a future employer. So I think making sure that students and staff feel connected in like a social capacity as well as an academic one is important. Um, and definitely would encourage any staff who are interested to, to just get in contact if, if they want to be involved. 
So societies in Swansea are always doing incredible things. I have um, attended a, a couple, especially during lockdown, there was a few online that were really, really interesting. Can you give us some examples of societies that have done something that's impressed you? Oh, goodness. So there's been a fair few this year. I'm trying to maybe cite the ASU Awards as an example, because we got to sort of reward those societies that had really stood out to us this year. Um, so one of the societies that actually has really impressed me this year and actually won Society of the Year was the K-pop Society. So initially you'd be like, oh, there's a very specific interest, you know, but it's, you know, it's pretty big and the society's getting quite large and they hold like regular dance classes, regular, you know, watching music videos, getting involved in music. It's, it's really incredible to see and they've really built their membership up this year and really, really got involved with the Students' Union. Um, and they've been incredible. The events they hold, they hold dance classes, I think, once a week um, in Fulton House. So loads of students who maybe aren't necessarily initially interested in K-pop, but interested in dance have gone involved and it's, they've sort of grown their membership. So that's been really impressive. Um, another thing is the Chess Society. So they are, have always been impressive, but especially this year, they were highly commended for Society of the Year. So they actually have been involved in like chess competitions and they actually beat out chess clubs from like Oxford. So wow. they are in, immensely impressive. And I've been really impressed with them this year. I don't know if you go and have some sort of, you know, examples you can give as well, but there's so many to list. Yes, throwing me on the spot here. Um, I think it's show quite did a fantastic show um, during this year where they, they wrote and performed it all, all themselves, um, which was a shoreline, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did it all themselves. Um, so that was that was really impressive. If you think about it, just dedicating all of that time to write an entire entire show and performance yourself, and bringing a lot of people in to watch it outside of the university, to putting on such a such a big show, it shows that the impact is not just internal within the university, but also external. Yeah, like the the ability of the societies to sort of build themselves back up post COVID has been really impressive to see. Um, particularly the Performing Arts Society, so dance, Shoreline, Show Choir. Like Gwen mentioned, Shoreline obviously put on this big production. The Dance Society brought back their, their sort of performance they do every year and they did it in the Taliesin and it was a massive success and they did two nights in a row. Um, but to see these students sort of put these things together themselves with no external help, these students are dancers teaching other dancers their choreography there's no there's no external teacher coming in they're all doing it themselves and to put on a production so big in a you know a beautiful building like the Taliesin is is insane and they they did that with no help from me at all so yeah it's been really really great to see this year and for them to do that with you know most of them have never even been in university in you know a quote-unquote normal year um so to see them put all this on without any guidance just just you know just their own initiative has been really incredible to see so yeah, those are some of the best examples, but obviously there's loads of them. Um, so, but yeah, they're, they're doing loads. Fantastic. And uh, just one more thing we wanted to ask you about. Um, diversity and inclusion have always been like one of the pillars of Swansea University Students Union. And I was just wondering what role do societies play in driving that forward? Gosh, I think they play a really important role. Um, Cause as much as the student union obviously really tried to make sure we represent all students, we can't always, we aren't gonna hit every single minority group. We aren't gonna sort of cover every base. Um, obviously we have our part-time officers and we have our full-time officers there to sort of represent as many groups as we can. 
um, but it's really difficult sometimes, especially with like changing student dynamics, different kinds of students joining us at Swansea. So having those societies there to represent all those groups is so important. Um, you find so many, so many students coming into us um, and being like, you know, I'm from here and I want to get to know other people from where I am from. Um, and then you're like, well, brilliant. Actually, we have a society that do that and you put them in contact and then you see them a few months later and they're all walking down the mall together or they're all doing large events. So I think making sure students feel represented, making sure people feel like a sense of community here, feeling like they belong is really important, um, particularly for international students, but not just for international students, for all students. Um, it's really making sure that they sort of find their people and they find something familiar here, um, making Swansea feel a bit more like home. Societies do a lot of do a lot of work for us, really. As I said, we can't cover all bases with such a small team, but societies, there's so many of them, they cater to so many people. You've got all, obviously, the faith and religion um, societies. You've got such a, such a big range, and I'm sure if, if anyone needs to find their place, we're, we're really open to, to see anyone and guide them because these societies are here for, for all of our students and we're, we're so lucky to have them to provide a home really for, for anyone feeling, feeling lost at Swansea. So yeah, it is something we're really proud of, I think. Yeah, I, I've, from what I've seen in the seven years that I've been here in Swansea, I've been impressed with that sense of community that you seem to manage to have created for any student I've spoken to, I haven't spoken to everyone, as you say, that's quite a hard job. But you know, when I've come into contact, it's been such a positive vibe that I've been given. And I think that's, you know, a, a testament to you as a team, an ongoing team as well, which is really impressive. So if anyone wanted to find out more about uh, Swansea University Students' Union Societies, uh, where would they go? Uh, do you have a website? Do you have social channels? Uh, we do have. Uh, so we've got SUSU Officers, which covers all of us full-time officers on Instagram. We also have a specific Instagram for all of our roles. So there is a Sock and Serve Instagram. Um, so I think it's... It's at SUSU Sock and Serve, which is such a weird abbreviation. But obviously, it's Swansea University Student Union and then a shortening of Societies and Services. Um, best place to see a list of all the societies is on our website. So I think it's if you just type in Swansea University Student Union, it comes up first. Um, and then I think it's get involved and then societies come up first and there's a full list of all the societies there as well as if you click on them you can read a bit more about each society, you read about the committee, you can see their contact details, maybe even their social media handles but if you're struggling to get in contact with a society or you think maybe a society's dormant and we'd like to restart it up or you're, you see a sort of spot for a society that, that doesn't already exist and you'd like to start one, just get in contact with us. Um, so definitely just messaging the Swansea University Student Union Instagram or as Squared said, messaging us on SUSU officers. Um, so that's where we can really guide you then on how to how to go through that process or how to get in contact with the society. But yeah, if you don't have social media, as well, we do we do have an email mm -hmm. as well. So um, if you message anything at FDO at Swansea Union, um, the, yeah. the then you, know, you can get in contact with us and we'll try and guide you in the right way. Fantastic. Well, that leads us on quite nicely to some fun questions. We call them the salty questions, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and just leading on, really, from what you've just said, Gwen, if you could start a new society, what would it be? There's so many societies out there. I think they've always covered most of the paths here now. Let me think. Something mm. for you, though. 
Something for me. Maybe some sort of five-a-side football society or something like that. We can, it's, you know, a less competitive manner. I know, um, you know, some, I don't know. Or foosball. There we go, we'll do foosball. So, loads, lo yeah, loads, loads of the little, you know, arcade games and stuff like that. Like an arcade society, let's say that. <laughs> we've, got, we've got gaming, we've got, we've got eSports, but let's have an arcade society. Love uh, it. Great. <laughs> um, I think, I've seen one at one other university and I'm not sure, but we've obviously got the cheese and wine society. We don't have a hummus society. Uh, we've got baking society, but there's a big gap there. I feel like I could, I'd happily meet up with some other students and just try different kind of hummus. But um, I'm pretty sure maybe it's Exeter, maybe. I'm not sure. I'll have to fact check that. But um, I feel like I feel like that would be my go-to. Everything else is covered. All my other interests have sort of been covered by the students. So I think if anyone does want to start one up, I will be your first member. I love that. I love the hummus society. I do love hummus. I feel like vegans everywhere are punching the air when yeah. you're saying that. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like we've already got three sign-ups here already. So. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Um, are we familiar with Gavin and Stacey? Of course. of course. Of course. All right. If Nessa were to come to Swansea University, which society would you tell her to join? Heavy metal. <laughs> Easy. Heavy metal society. They are so cool. They are one of the... Honestly, I'm in awe of them sometimes. They are such a cool society. And I never would have thought of something so specific. I never would have thought of, but we have live music and stuff. But obviously, that doesn't always cover heavy metal. So, you know, and it's bad of us to assume that. So definitely either live music or heavy metal. Love to see her do Islands in the Stream on karaoke and JC's <laughs> on a Friday. So I think getting involved in the sort of the music societies for sure. That'd be, that'd be quite good, yeah. Or maybe maybe one of our societies that provide food and stuff in their social, you have a jam Danny Hash on campus then. So yeah. that'd be brilliant. She'd she enjoy the arcade society. I'd like enjoy the arcade. She, 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 could, she could run it. She I reckon she'd it. come and run for committee and be president of my arcade society. Brilliant. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Our final question then. Without naming names, can you describe your favorite society? It's three words. I'd say my favourite society, they're driven, they're passionate, and they're very personable. The committee are all really lovely. Obviously, not naming names, they'll have to work no, out I was going to say that could be, that would vague. be all 150. It's, <laughs> it's, it's vague, but in my head, I'm thinking of one in particular. Lovely. Um, but obviously, we don't have favourites, but you know. No, of course not. No. Anyway. I'd go number one, fun. We'll go, um, and then fun, and then we'll put two together, no stress. So you leave everything on the, you know, the entertainment side of the university, put it behind you. So when you're in the society, when, it, when it's on, it's fun, and you don't have to worry. Lovely. So thank you very much for joining us on A Pinch of Salt. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Gwen and Essish for uh, joining us as guests today. Uh, and if you're looking for more episodes of this podcast, uh, you can check out our website or you can find the podcast on all good podcasting platforms such as Spotify, Anchor, you name it. So without much further ado, it's uh, goodbye from Gwen and Essish. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, it's goodbye from Mandy. Bye. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye.